Welcome back. I'm Gary Farr, Editorial Director, Efficient Plant Magazine, and I have with me this time Brian Fretchel, Director of Integrated Marketing and Digital Consumer Experience for Emerson's Measurement and Analytical Business. Hi, Brian. Hey, Gary. How's it going? It's just fine. Thanks for joining me. And our topic this time, after I tell you that Brian is responsible for executing Emerson's broader digital and marketing strategies on a global basis. He has nine years of experience in various marketing functions, including e-commerce, product marketing, and digital consumer experience. And our topic this time is the human side of the digital transformation, but we're going to look at the procurement aspect of manufacturing. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to this discussion, Brian, because, you know, we, we look at procurement, at least I do, as, as kind of an island. And you just have vessels of all kinds coming and going all day long. But procurement just kind of sits there in its own little world. And these days with digital transformation, that island is, is getting dragged back to the mainland and meshed in with everything else that goes on. And uh, if, if I was in procurement, I would, I would, I'm pretty sure, be experiencing quite a life change uh, in terms of how I do my business and who I interact with. What are you seeing? What trends are you seeing? What behaviors are you seeing that uh, are changing the way procurement functions? Yeah, you, you know, you're absolutely right, Gary. And I, I love I love your analogy of an of an island. I, I think sometimes we see that ourselves, you know, some of the some of the things that we're seeing in the, the industry are, are no different than what we see as uh, expectations that we've developed in our own consumer lives. You know, you think think about one and two click ordering, you think about being available to to order 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. You know, we're even seeing that a lot of our transactions that come through our e-commerce experience, almost 30% of them are actually coming after hours. So there's this expectation that we're always there and always available, um, trying to eliminate wait times and make sure that there's no queue time and email replies and things like that. And then, like you said earlier, the access to the information, you know, having having the ability to collaborate across different functions, whether that be supply chain, engineering, um, operations, those are all different areas that are passing information back and forth. And it's, it's super important that procurement's involved in that conversation. Yeah, Amazon has trained us well, haven't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, those after-hour things, uh, I did a couple this weekend where uh, I had uh, transactions with people for an upcoming trade show. And uh, we settled things over the weekend by email because – you can, and I'm sure that that in manufacturing operations that you get people all the time. Uh, a light goes on in the middle of Saturday afternoon, and they are able to fire off an email to procurement and say, "Hey, do we have this part? When's this part coming in? Uh, I've got a I've got a pump going down next week because the data say it is. Uh, where are we at on that? And it changes the game. Yep, that's right. Yeah. But then also we have it on the other side where it, it, procurement and the supply chain, uh, you know, that's, that's got to be a, a real change for, for procurement people and for the supply chain people in terms of, of delivering product and when it, you know, no, and I got to know now I can, you know, I can track my Amazon order. So uh, I expect to be able to track uh, when that part is getting to me, whether it's shipped or not. 
That's right. Yeah. And I think a lot of it starts with just the simple click of that confirmation button that you've had to do in your own life. You know, that's really when the clock starts for the supply chain to then move the goods to you. And I, I think that's that's certainly an area that we've had to put a lot of focus on, especially as we've gotten into a lot of these procurement conversations. How does this play in terms of interaction throughout an enterprise uh, where, where before inter, uh, procurement might be dealing with a person in the maintenance department, now a greater expectation of interaction with engineering, with management, with accounting? Yeah, I mean, I think we're seeing a lot of, we're certainly seeing a lot of interactions with accounting and you get into inventory management and management of critical items when you're talking to either process engineers or in the control room, making sure that people making sure that people have the efficient spares on hand and making sure that that's then communicated back to the supplier organizations. That's certainly an area that we've seen a ton of focus and, and definitely the collaboration with engineering and operations from a procurement standpoint, we've seen start to really evolve where, you know, integrated ERP systems are able to feed that consumption data right out of the reports to tell suppliers what is expected and when. So it's certainly been an area between engineering and finance where we're seeing procurement have a lot a lot stronger voice so then uh as a result of that then then uh procurement people probably getting advanced notice or certainly real-time notice of of needs so they can act where before it would have taken a work order and a phone call and an email yeah a lot of automatic updates and things like that automatic reordering and triggers from the supply room but then also as suppliers are fulfilling those orders and being, you know, knowing exactly where in shipping it is, where it's on the dock, when it's expected to arrive, who can be there to pick it up. You know, having those triggers, I think, is is enabling a lot more efficient processing of all those orders. Now, uh, and all that's great, but now you're asking humans to start to function differently. And how how is that playing out? What are you seeing there in terms of of because you can get people who are in little little cubby holes who are just cranking stuff in and out i mean you know you can find those kind of people but now we're needing interaction we're needing feedback how is that changing the game for the individuals yeah i think i think what it's changing is just the expectation that those answers are there you know i mean most of the time these systems are are triggered to to operate on an as needed basis or an, on an as called basis, but you know that information is always there. So those individuals that are doing that work can be more proactive with their thinking and thinking ahead of future scenarios and planning for different um, issues that might arise in those processes. So I think what it's doing is really enabling uh, a much faster communication back and forth between themselves and the rest of the organization that they support. Now, is there any benefit uh, in this for management, for upper-level decision-makers? Uh, is, is, is this enabling procurement to play a role in those bigger decision-making uh, operations? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Again, it kind of comes back down to that inventory management and some of those different scenarios that arise, you know, risk management, making sure that you have you know, certain parts on hand and they're, you know, the procurement organization is generally the one that knows how much of an item is consumed or things like that throughout the process. So as long as they're able to feed that back into management and operations, I think it allows them to kind of fine tune inventory levels and fine tune the supply chain to make sure that it's, you know, quick in, quick out kind of scenarios. One of the tools that, that Emerson has 
and I got to see a little bit of this at the uh, user exchange, the uh, My Emerson uh, system. Yep. Talk about how that enables people to communicate and understand what what is going on and what isn't going on. <laughs> yeah, yep, absolutely. And, you know, a lot of the, the My Emerson you know, focus has been around transactions. Along with it, we've introduced, you know, engineering capabilities that you, you might have seen at the exchange around configuration tools, sizing tools, um, advisement tools that might allow an engineer to specify a particular device or things like that. Um, a lot of that then can be bridged right into procurement. So instead of working off of, you know, an email with some cryptic <laughs> needs in it, it's basically <laughs> a way for engineering to to specify the device and then seamlessly pass it to procurement. So really what it's built out is sort of a collaborative environment between engineering and procurement, which we're seeing a lot of value in. There's also things in there around what we're calling engineering workspaces, which allow you know an engineer to kind of build up a list of different parts or in a procurement situation, build up a list of more of the highly consumable stuff so that they can get it on a faster reorder type of an area. So that's a lot of what we're seeing the My Emerson experience um, kind of bring to that procurement um, function. Yeah, that as I saw the demonstrations, that uh, the collaboration that that enables and documentation and then uh, access to people who might only have occasional need for that kind of information uh, really stood out for me. Yeah, and I think, you know, one of the really cool things is the ability to then collaborate with trusted advisors and supplier organizations. So, like, if there's people that are working through an engineering specification and have any questions, they can automatically pass that information to a trusted advisor at Emerson to get answers or Q&A on a different functionality, pass it back to the engineer who can then seamlessly move it to procurement. So it's kind of like three legs of a stool in that way. So it's, uh, yeah, definitely a highly highly collaborative environment. Right. And, and you touched, you know, that's, that's the part that I think is so exciting about di digital transformation. And I, I always compare it back to the days when PCs were entering the market and it was uh, deciding what to buy and what operating system and how big of a machine to buy and so on and so forth. Today, as we look at digital transformation, there's a different aspect of that in that companies such as Emerson can effectively be an aid in the decision-making process and in many cases at no cost to to the manufacturer but can help you get over the humps help you make decisions and help you stay on track with your uh, with your digital transformation process without that fear of of buying something that then is junk tomorrow because you made the wrong choice you know what's what's interesting about that collaborative environment we were talking about earlier is that because the advisor and the consumer or procurement or engineer, whoever is working on the system, are working off of the same tools and, and different areas of the My Emerson experience, you kind of have that immediate acknowledgement that what you've configured is valid or what you have specified is going to work, and you can do that collaboratively through the environment. That's really important for us as an organization. And then, of course, along with that, then I got to believe is – some uh, cybersecurity confidence, some uh, uh, confidence that as updates come along, that not only do you have input, but uh, you're made aware of them and, and, and implementing them is fairly automatic. Right, correct. Yep, and a lot of that we can query back on what we've, what we've seen ordered or what we've seen specified and kind of pass along those updates and 
some of the things that we'll be talking about, I think, in future installments is around a, a functionality we call My Software, which is still under development. You know, the, the other part is, is if, if I'm a manufacturer, my customer. How is that helping me with my customer? Yeah, I think a, a lot of what it comes down to is speed and efficiency. And I think a lot of, you know, the things that we've just talked about enable you know, reductions in work streams that you might have taken days to get responses and get everything, you know, combed together to down into minutes. And I we're we're seeing that expectation play out in what we've what we've seen from our customers. And, you know, generally what we've seen is a ninety three percent reduction in the time it takes us to process an order all the way through from start to finish. So it's definitely that Wait a minute. Well wait a wait a minute. Ninety three percent? Right. And a lot of that is Oof. calculated based on like I said, days down to minutes because of those, you know, the information at your fingertips, the validity of configurations, making sure things are all clean and set up. You know, that's one of the enablers of digital is that it's, it's really brought that to the forefront of the discussion rather than keep it an email. So we, we, we've been able to kind of address some of those issues and build them into the experience to get that speed. Talk about some the changes. Take this buy box concept. What, what is that doing for us? Yeah, yeah, we've seen um, the buy box concept kind of start to pop up in different areas of the industry, and you know, a lot of a lot of people have put so much pressure on on that fulfillment and supply chain piece that we talked about earlier. That you know what, they're ready to just come and pick the items up themselves. It's kind of that order online, pick up in the store type of mentality. But you know, the 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 issue with a store is that somebody's got to be there to let you in the door. Whereas a buy box concept, what we can do is put those put those items in a buy box, enable it with a lock code and have somebody come in after hours. Like you said earlier, if you get a red light in the floor on Saturday at midnight, not likely that somebody's going to be in there to let you in the door. So the <laughs> buy box concept is has definitely enabled us to be kind of that all the time fulfillment type of uh, organization. So we're seeing that pop up in some different industries. And a lot of it somewhat relates to um, I guess stems from what we would call walk-in type customers or people that come that have a credit card and they're ready to pick something up when they walk in the door. It's trying to deliver somewhat of what we've seen as brick and mortar experiences in our own lives. The the danger with that is is the expectation that uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, that people are are keeping the, keeping the the wagon moving forward. Um, that that's that's an interesting human dynamic. In that, at some point, uh, you're willing, but you can really get caught up into a kind of a rat race of of it never ends. And somewhere along the way, humans have to call a, a stop to things. Right, right. And I, again, a lot of that goes back to the information that the information flows we talked about earlier. Knowing what parts are going to go down when, what have the highest risk, and then trying to work your own processes around those to avoid those repetitive type situations you're talking about yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's a, a good thing but you have to be careful you have to be right. careful because yeah, uh, humans working seven days a week is is long term not a good solution yeah right yeah but uh but from a manufacturing perspective it gives you that uptime that uh that gain in in uptime that you couldn't get through other uh, through more conventional systems yep Yep, exactly. Yeah. Talk about digital transformation in a bigger picture. Do we see people jumping in? Are people starting to really realize the benefits? 
or are, are so many people still in that learning phase of digital transformation, you know, tip, you know, putting their toe in the water kind of a thing? Where, where do you see us on that learning curve? Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of people are kind of in that dipping their toe in. We've seen a lot of people that have fully embraced it and seen a lot of the the benefits of it, um, you know, specifically from the procurement side of things. Some of the some of the numbers that we've been rattling off even this podcast come from the people that have fully gone in and adopted it and seen some of those efficiencies. So I think we're getting through that learning curve stage, and I think we're really starting to, to position ourselves well for what's to come in the future. That's encouraging because that, uh, people do need to get out of the pilot plant um, experiments. And, and, yeah, when do you move on? Right, right, yeah. exactly. And I think a lot of it's around being able to quantify, you know, making sure that you can, you know, build out those quantification of those results, I think, is super important, especially as you go back through the management cycles and trying to get approval to do more of it in the future. That's super important. Where, where are you seeing the driving force for digital transformation? Is that coming from the factory floor more than from the C-suite? Yeah, you know, I think I think a lot of it's coming right from the factory floor. I think a lot of it um, has to do with, you know, expectations being put on people on the floor to do, you know, that kind of do more with less, same old adage we've heard time and time again. I think that that's what's driving a lot of it. I think the C-suite sees it from an operational efficiency and an operational certainty type type of type of an approach, but certainly being fueled right from the factory floor all the way up to the C-suite, I would say. And as part of that, are we seeing uh, receptiveness to input from all aspects of manufacturing? Yeah, you know, I think it varies um, industry to industry, but I would say, generally speaking, I, I think that there is receptiveness around it, um, you know, some of it just depends on function and, and industry, but I think I think it's there. I definitely do think it's there. Brian, thank you. Thank you, Gary. Love the yeah, love the insights as, as we watch this digital transformation take hold and, and really become a part of daily lives. It's it's uh, fun to see, and I think it's it as we get on the other side of it that people are going to really realize benefit. Yeah, well, we do too, and it's uh it's certainly a changing landscape. You know, these conversations if you. If you think back year over year or five years ago or 10 years ago, the, the amount of change that's happened <laughs> in, the or, in, the, in the industry, it's just amazing to think where the next 10 years are going to take us. So, yes. Yeah. Yes. Really appreciate the time. All right. Thank you very much.